You're listening to Faith Community Church's weekly podcast. We hope this week's message from God is insightful and an inspiration to you. Good morning, friends. Thanks, Megan. Good morning, Joel. Joel, thanks for harmonizing in, in worship, dude. I, uh, gosh, I didn't realize that this is going to happen. Like weekly, bro, like encounters with the Almighty back there due to your harmonizing. Ah. And my allergies. It's a weird effect. It's this weird effect. Joel's harmonizing mixed with the Holy Spirit uh, and then pollen in the air. Um, yeah. Uh, what a gift. Um, so guys in the back, we're actually not going to read the verse first. We're going to just jump right into this. I'm super excited to be here with you guys this morning. Uh, I've been like bacheloring it over the past nine days and you'd think it's fun, but it's uh, really not. I miss my friends, my uh, dear families in Minnesota right now. Um, I came back for work, been having a ton of fun, uh, and have, you know, real life, uh, you know, day-to-day responsibilities and stuff like that. So follow your dreams. Work is overrated. Um, anyway, uh, I want to jump into this morning. I'm super excited to, to share with you and, uh, and share some, share some fun story. God, thanks for this day. Thank you for your people. Thank you for this honor, uh, to, uh, to, to stand before your people and share your word and uh, hopefully echo what you are like. And may we have a greater understanding of what you are like. May we have an encounter with you this morning, Lord, if we haven't already, uh, through your people. It, it, I get to stand before everybody right now. And, and, and before me sits... 30, 40 people that reflect you in a unique way, and each one is significant. What an incredible gift that is. So if we are not aware of the gift that, that we are, would you make that, uh, would you make us aware of that this morning? And if we're not aware of the gift sitting next, beside, next to us, would you, would you give us that perspective this morning? I pray that nothing would stand in your way of us knowing you more this morning, deeply and intimately. And may we celebrate the moments of joy that we have, even happiness, God. And but may we also treasure and linger the, 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 the painstaking, the deep the deep, deep stuff where there's just so much richness, God. Would you lead us into the deep stuff this morning? Through a familiar passage. To have your way. And would you help us respond to you in the way that you want us to respond? Because when we do that, Lord, the best things happen. The best things in my life have happened when I have responded to you in the way you want me to respond. And that's because of you working in me, a completely flawed individual. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You could also pray for me not to be so distracted by this hole in my sock and my left foot. I knew this morning, I put the sock on and I was like, he probably changed that. 
you should probably change the sock. You're going to get distracted by it. And I was like, no, I like resituated it. And now my big toe is like pointing right through the sock. <laughs> and it's like, like, like just, it's like a rubber, like, you know, at the end, if you get a hole in your sock and then it's like, like a rubber band is just like, t- like uh, around the part of your big toe. If you hate feet, you're like, can you just get past this awkward moment? I, I hate that. I like, um, if you love feet, don't tell anyone that's super weird because it just is. But let me ask you this. Um, well, I was a little thrown off this morning because I didn't charge my iPad last night. If my wife was home, she would have been like, hey, did you charge your iPad for, for tomorrow morning? And of course I did not. So woke up this morning and I was all cool. So I old school printed it out. So I don't have the, the flippy floppy and can't zoom in. So if you see me doing this, it's just because I'm it's just... Oh, this is analog. Okay. But let me ask you a rather loaded question. That is, when was the last time that you were surprised by something that God did in your life? Think about that for a minute. It's a loaded question. I I totally get that because it assumes that you've been surprised by God before, that you're in a place right now even to be surprised by God at all, that you think that God is someone that is good and that what he surprises his people with are good gifts and good things. But maybe not always wrapped in the best kind of wrapping paper. Now this message isn't about some obscure gift wrapped in some kind of way that makes you want to skip over it and look for like a better wrapped gift or present under the tree, if you will. This message is really about those hidden in plain sight type of gifts, much like you and much like the person that you're sitting next to. Maybe you've even like taken for granted for years and not necessarily and, re- and realize it, but like, like we are, uh, our gifts. You are a gift, the kind of gifts that God loves to give to those that love looking for them. That's really what this message is about. It's those gifts that are just hidden in plain sight. Now, he's not here today, but back in December, my buddy Jason Jones and I, Silas, there you are, my dude, we had a rad dad rally and we drove to Compton, California, like you do, because it's a beautiful place, home of NWA. We wanted to pay respect. So uh, we, um, we were pleasantly surprised by God on a trip that we call the Rad Dad Rally. Now, this next part that I'm going to explain to you, it probably is going to make absolutely no sense to anyone else unless you have an unhealthy love for cars like me and my sons and a couple of our close friends. Like I said, we drove to Compton, California, just outside of Los Angeles. It's six hours there and six hours back just to see a car on display. But it wasn't just any car. It was actually this car right here. I'll show you this picture. This is a 1965 Ford Mustang. It is called the Hoonicorn with an H. Hoonicorn version four. This is the fourth version of this, this, this car, right? It is an all-wheel drive, completely carbon fiber body. It's 1,400 horsepower. Twin-turbo NASCAR meth-breathing machine. Methanol, not like the drug. <laughs> but goes just as fast as somebody on meth. Sorry, that's not a funny joke. It is, but it's 
tacky. This is unlike any car that you've ever seen before. And we got to touch it. We got to like, like be close to it. We got to like stick our heads inside the, the cab and, and smell it. It was amazing. Was it the best day ever, Silas? Yes, it was awesome. It was, it was very, very awesome. We got to take a million pictures. Now, you're going to need to do yourself a favor here because you need to take a look at this YouTube video. It's called Jimikana 7, and it's spelled G-Y-M-K-H-A-N-A. It's Japanese for curvy road, okay? So Jimikana 7 or Climacana, if you will, on YouTube. And you can see what this car is capable of. But it's not just the car that's capable, it's the driver in the car. And that, that, that driver is Ken Block. Ken Block, um, you may have heard of. He's a professional rally car racer. He started the company DC Shoes. Have you ever heard of DC Shoes? He started that company, like, long before he was ever, like, a, a famous person. And he's also the head Hoonigan in charge at Hoonigan. So not only did we get to see the Hoonicorn, which was life-changing, because let's be honest, this is life-changing, uh, but we saw everything else too, and I mean everything else, like literally. We were lucky enough to meet this dude, his name's Rich, and he was kind of the, 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 the Hoonigan shop manager. And he was blown away, one that um, we just randomly showed up with a bunch of kids who totally should have been in school at that point, um, because this was back in December, blown away that we had driven so far just to see this thing and then turn back around and drive back. So he stops what he's doing at the shop, shuts the shop door, locks it, puts the clothes sign on, and he's like, come on, guys, let me take you for a little tour. Tours us around... Tire Slayer Studios. We get to meet like the head fabricators who like make the actual magic happen, not just the guys that like put their foot on the gas pedal and break all the stuff, which I would love that job. That would be so much fun. Um, and we got to, it, it toured us around, showed us all of the cars, cars that we'd like we'd seen, seen in videos. We're like, oh my gosh, that's Hertz car. That, that's an, you know, that's a Toyota A86. It's a total nerd car in the eighties, but now they go sideways and they're just stupidly low and so amazing. And so much, this, I can't believe this is like pleasure overload. It's incredible. It was unbelievable. It was an incredible gift. Our kids, Silas, my, my, my two sons, Cade and Maverick, jaws are on the floor like, I can't believe this is actually happening. We got to meet uh, some of our, 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 our favorite dudes. Their kindness was amazing. It was genuine. And the vibe was so cool. And me and my kids were absolutely blown away by their kindness and the obvious kindness that God was showing us through these dudes and their favor. We arrived at 11 a.m. and we left by 12.30, just shortly after lunch. Drove straight back home to Santa Cruz. It was a day that we would never forget. You could pop up this like last slide. There's this legendary uh, graffiti pointed on the front. It just says, just ain't care, because that is the motto of Hoonigan. They just ain't care about how much money they just dumped into this car, and then we're going to see how much we could like, push it to the limit. Um, it was a day that none of us will forget, a day in which the stoke from God was felt, and it was real, and it's lingering even still, Almost like this post-it note in, in, in our minds of just how much God loves us and how loved my sons are. And that this God stops at nothing to show us that even 
the silly little things that we are infatuated with. It was silly. It was like a silly gift that we were like, seriously giggling about on the way home. Unlike that one time, right, when Jesus was trying to give his buddies some rest after an absolute bonsai week of ministry work. We're talking the kind of nonstop pouring out in order to help and serve others. And the passage and story that I'm referring to is the one that we're going to be studying this morning. Out of Mark chapter 6, verse 30 through 44. Mark writes this. The apostles came back to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. Verse 31. All right. He said, it's time for a break. Come away just you and we'll go somewhere lonely and private. But crowds of people were coming and going and they didn't even have time to eat. So they went off privately in a boat to a deserted spot. Almost sounds like Santa Cruz on the weekends, right? You're like, how are we going to avoid the crowds? Where can we go to avoid the crowds? And the crowds saw them going and realized what was happening. They hurried on foot from all the towns and arrived there first. And when Jesus got out of the boat, he saw the huge crowds and was deeply sorry for them. Because they were like a flock without a shepherd so he started to teach him many things. It was already getting late when his disciples came to him and said, look, there's nothing here. It's getting late. Send them away. They need to go off into the countryside and villages and buy themselves some food. Well, why don't you give them something to eat? <laughs> Jesus replied. Are you suggesting, they asked, that, that we should go and spend tens of thousands of dollars and, 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 and get food for this group of people? Well, Jesus said, how many loaves have you got? Go and see. They found out and said five and a couple of fish. And Jesus told them to get everyone sat down group by group on the grass. So they sat down in companies by hundreds and by fifties. And then he took the five loaves and the two fish and he looked up to heaven and blessed the bread and broke it and gave it to his disciples to give to the crowd and then he divided the two fish for them. And when everyone ate and had plenty, there were 12 basketfuls of broken pieces and of the fish left over. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. I mean, it's basically the same story that I told you guys earlier about Hoonigan headquarters. It's, it's, it's totally comparable. If you compare, if you, if, if you just like trade loaves and fish for like horsepower... <laughs> It's the same thing. It's the same story. Totally kidding, but for real, it's not, it's not far off. Because in this series called Look Again, Look Closer, we've been trying to gain a clearer understanding of Jesus through the accounts of John and the miracle and the, and the signs that point to Jesus as the Messiah. And today, we happen to be looking uh, at a story that we uh, heard a couple weeks ago from Andy, only this time we hear it from a slightly different vantage point as we read Mark's account. It's the same story. 
Jesus feeds the 5,000. But just like any story, if you were there, depending on your relationship to the context and to the culture, you're going to have a slightly different perspective. No one tells the same story the same way. Just like nobody's going to have the same experience and the, and, and, and the same understanding, even from this message this morning. We're all going to hear it in a different way, through a different filter. And it isn't to confuse us, but it's to add value to the context. Add value to the story. Giving us, the reader, an even greater understanding of what is going on. And what was going on was this Jesus showing the world what he was like, showing who he is and what he does. Now, what was, now what most of us see is a bunch of hungry people, right? See a bunch of hungry people getting fed from a very limited resources, But limited resources in the hands of our limitless creator and king is like having everything you could ever ask for, need, or want, and more. So here we go. Mark 30 through 33, the apostles came back to Jesus and told him that they had, all that they had done and all that they had taught. Kind of just giving them the lowdown. Here's the highlights of the week. It was incredible. It was amazing. And he said, all right, it's time for a break. You guys are clearly exhausted. Let's go get some rest. Come on, let's go. Let's go over here. And they, so they went off privately to the boat to this deserted spot. And the crowd saw them going and realized what was happening. They hurried on foot from all the towns and arrived there first. Have you ever been so tired that the last thing you want to do is to be surrounded by a large crowd of people? Yes. If you're an introvert, you wake up and you're like, that's every day. It's literally every day. That's that's, that's wonderful. Um, This past week has been bizarrely quiet at my house. And I've quickly realized that having a clean house is just completely overrated. I would trade having my messy little friend's home over a clean house any day of the week. I needed to gain that perspective, though, because I am Patty Hart's son. And uh, I grew up with a neat freak of a mom, and I love that. It's just, it, it's aesthetically pleasing to me. I don't mind a junk drawer as long as the surface is clean, <laughs> which tells you something about me. It's like, you can't tell that I have a hole in my sock. You're like, this is a well-put-together outfit, black on white. Anyway. The apostles, they just got back from this empowered mega week of ministry. They're traveling countrysides and teaching people about the kingdom of God and pointing people to Jesus, healing people in the name of Jesus, probably feeding hungry folks, doing all of the good stuff and coming back to their rabbi and friend Jesus. They are amped to, 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 to share and, and to, for him to hear all about their adventures and share in their burden of being exhausted and, and, and getting some rest. And I imagine coming back to Jesus was like falling into your bed after going hard all week long. It was like this welcomed sight for sure. 
But what happens next is both hilarious and such a bummer if you are one of the disciples. When Jesus got out of the boat, he saw the huge crowd and was deeply sorry for them. Frickin' Jesus and his compassion for people. Like, can you just not care for once? Because they were like a flock without a shepherd. So he started to teach them many things. I have to imagine that if there's ever a time when you're hoping that Jesus is going to ghost a crowd of people, it is this time right here for the disciples. Instead, Jesus is is sad for them. He feels for them. He sees them for who they are and gives them what they need. His time. His presence and his words. They were like sheep without a shepherd, as Mark describes. In retrospect, they realized that, that his primary feeling when faced with this great crowd, so eager for something, even though they didn't know what it was, was, was deep human compassion. It's what this crowd was longing for. Do you see us? With no place to call their own. These were leaderless people longing to be led, daring to be led by someone who cared. And this Jesus, he he cares. In spite of the plans that he had prepared to help his friends rest, this Jesus still cares. Because you see, their leaders were not like Jesus and his disciples. Their leaders were were off in some faraway palace, no doubt near the Sea of Galilee, pushing their agendas, edging for more and more power, flexing on prophets and beheading them, as recorded earlier in Mark. These were different leaders that these people were flocking to. They were attracted to something that was coming from them. So it was more than just a transaction. It was more than just a feed me. There was this like, there was this like, like primal desperation among these people and they knew it. These were tired and scared people. And Jesus paused and he felt deeply for them and was saddened. Now, if we pause for a moment and zoom in, if we look again and and look closer to this Jesus, what do we see? Do we see a busy rabbi with, with a far bigger and better things to do than to pause for this crowd? Do we see a rabbi who has planned rest for his friends so he can't be 